It's time for the Crunch Time Plays podcast, where we talk all things sports from the collegiate level all the way up to the pros. And now, here's your host, Bennett Ganey. What's up? What's up, everybody? Thanks for hopping back into Crunch Time Plays today. Whether you're watching us on YouTube, listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, just thank you so much. And trying to bring you the best guests. We're getting close to the NFL draft. It's coming up. And it's not never too early to start talking about fantasy football. I know the, the drafts are coming up here in August. We're going to get started with our fantasy football drafts. It's never too early to start talking about that. And we've got one of the best. You can find her on FTN Fantasy. You can catch her on YouTube. She started a new show, Small Talk, and, and that's Steffi Smalls. And Steffi, thanks for so much for joining me today and hope you're doing all right. No, thank you. I'm so excited. I know we were going to record yesterday and then we couldn't do it. Um, so I'm very excited that we got to, got to finally chop it up a little. I mean, we were talking before, we probably could have talked for an hour before the show even started. So <laughs> it'll be a good show. I'm very excited. There's no doubt about that. We can sit here and talk about all these storylines all day, but, but so three questions before we get into the NFL stuff I have for you. Number one, what's your favorite white qual flavor? Number two, do you have a white qual contract? Because I, I am a firm believer that you should, and I'll be the first one to sign my name on that. And then number three, are there truly no laws when you're drinking quals? Because that's, that's a, a phrase that we hear all the time. But, but I think it's hard for me to believe it, but I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Okay. So number one, favorite uh, flavor is black cherry. I recently, it's funny this past weekend, I, I was on the hunt to try the iced tea ones. And then also this new pack and the strawberry is good, but this is just my go-to. It's like all I drink is 12 packs of black cherry. We can blame quarantine for that. Um, and then I do not yet, which is, I think very rude. I think that my, that's like my goal, right? Like if I were to pick a goal in this industry, it's to be sponsored by White Claw. It's so funny. I like reached out to them at one point and had a little interaction and then it kind of fell off because of quarantine. And I think that they stopped doing ambassador stuff, but like, I promise I do the most marketing for them. They should fire their whole marketing, you know, team, because it's definitely me who's doing that and as far as the, the no laws go um you guys can't see it but I framed up there is a picture of me being blocked by Lewis Riddick and me being blocked by Mark Colombo and both of those are due to um uh white claws so uh take it as you want but yeah there's no laws you just might get blocked by Lewis Riddick because you have some very colorful, colorful words to say to him while, while he is uh, uh, talking about the Tampa Giants game. <laughs> <laughs> but it's one of my pri- uh, it's one of my prized possessions up there. That's the, definitely my favorite too, Black Cherry. But I've also be- become really impartial to to that twelve pack that has the watermelon and the lemon and all that in it. Yeah, I do like the. Isn't tangerine in that pack? It's yeah, tangerine too, and yeah. mango, right? Yeah, mango. It's weird. The new pack, they put mango in. So it's mango, pineapple, strawberry, and blackberry. I'm very disappointed with the blackberry. I really was, I thought that was going to be my next one. And it's a little too sweet for me. Like, I, I don't know, something about it. It's got that like aspartame taste at the end. See, it's weird. So. It's, it's weird for me because I can buy the 12 pack of black cherry, but, but then if I want like just watermelon or just tangerine. I can't buy just a 12 pack of that. I got to buy the, the variety right. pack, but, but that that's okay. 
Right. Yeah. I will, I will go to a new store if like, you know, have a total pack of black cherry. It's like that ridiculous because I will not stomach the grapefruit, but. But that, that'd be a good thing to bring up whenever you do get sponsored by White Claw. You can start telling them to, to just make the 12 packs of individual flavors. <laughs> That's a good idea. I absolutely will. I will. I'm sure at this point, I'm probably headed towards being blocked by White Claw. <laughs> towards being sponsored um but that's okay uh it's fine either way uh any you know any pr is a uh, good pr right <laughs> and there's no doubt about that one, one thing i've learned in doing this is no publicity is bad yep i learned that from my sorority that's what they used to say and i'm like mm, guys i don't think that's it like i think <laughs> i don't think that's what they mean by that phrase right <laughs> Well, actually talking some football now, just wanted to talk about some of the trades for quarterbacks that happened during the offseason. We still, you know, may see some more, but we talk about Matthew Stafford going to the Rams, Jared Goff to the Lions, Sam Darnold to the Panthers, and then you've got Carson Wentz to the Colts, and there's a couple other guys that signed with new teams in free agency, like Ryan Fitzpatrick and Joe Flacco, just to name a couple. But which one of those guys has the – the greatest impact as far as fantasy rankings, who, who are the biggest risers at quarterback? Who are the biggest fallers from those moves? Cause to me, Jerry Goff automatically moves up the list. Mm-hmm. And then, but also Matthew Stafford moves up the list for playing in Sean McVay's offense now. And then Sam Darnold, you no, know, he had, didn't have so much success with the jets, but to me, he moves up just because, think he's he's going to have a new outlook on life now being with Joe Brady and Matt Rule down there in Charlotte. Right. And, you know, here's the thing with Darnold, just to, like, start with him, is Darnold is not going to perform, like, fantasy-wise, he will not do worse than Teddy. Like, that's, like, ha- that is, like, his floor right there. Like, he can't possibly do worse, but his ceiling is pretty high. Um, because, you know, you put him in a system, he's got the new, new weapons, CMC, Robbie Anderson, who he, who he's a old friend of, um, he's, he's just got, now he's got some serious weapons in a system that's functional and he doesn't have gaze. Um, so, uh, they're an interesting one. We'll see what they do in the draft, but, uh, I think Darnold is in a good place. He's not like, if you had Teddy, just expect that's what you would get I'm like picking him up and putting him on my bench and if he ends up doing fantastic then cool I have Teddy I mean I have Darnold so whatever um one guy that'll be I think fantastic uh for fantasy I think it was a horrible move football wise is Fitzpatrick um I think that he is gonna I mean he could not have a better arsenal of weapons and the guy is a gunslinger like I mean like you want to talk about McLaurin all day, just like, that's it. Like, it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. It's good for Gibson, um, even McKissick. I mean, it's, it's just a good scenario. My worry with Fitz is I don't love that he hasn't started 16 games since 2015. Um, and I say this all the time, Fitzpatrick is awesome, but I don't know that he's a four quarter quarterback. Um, I think last season he looked like he could have done that. I just don't, something about that worries me. So I'm not relying heavily on Fitz. Like I have him in a bunch of leagues and um, I'm definitely like, he'll be a starter, but I'm prepared to have to take him out. If I, if that's the case, I mean, he's older too. Like it's not the dude's been in the, he's played on like what, like probably 27 of the 32 damn teams. Like the dude's (laughs) been on everyone's team. Um, So that worries me. Um, I think Stafford and Goff, I mean, Stafford should, 
do again, like both of them, I think are going to, I think it moved, it moves both of them up the list. I'm not as low on golf as everyone else is. I think that he won't have as hard of a time adjusting in that system. I think it will be nice to not have someone breathing down his neck. I think he's being given weapons. If they pick up another, you know, they get him a wide receiver. And I think it, it, it's a good, I think it's good for golf. Like golf's getting what he needs. Um, and I think that we'll see, you know, how much they uh, really believe in him this year and see how that goes. But I think that, you know, you don't take, I mean, golf's not a bad quarterback. I just think that, you know, there's sometimes the system isn't right for the player. And we saw that with Darnold, right? So I'm sure Darnold will do better this year, Uh, whether he's going to outperform Teddy, that I don't know. But one guy that I'm not touching, and maybe this is my NFC East bias, but, you know, Carson Wentz, I've had enough of. Um, so I love the Wentz truthers. I seriously love that journey for you. I get it. Um, I I know that I know the player that he was. Um, but to tell me to pick up Wentz to be my QB one um, after I watched him play horrifically is just not going to happen. I mean, like he's not 2017 Wentz. Period, and that's it. I mean, like, could he maybe bring that back? Maybe. Um, what I love is uh, he has no excuses now. He's in a system with everything you need. You're going to be protected. You got no, you don't have any excuses left. So all of these, I mean, a lot of these guys, there is a long list of guys that they either need to play this year or they're going to be starting quarterbacks and that's it. So um, it's going to be a fun season. I think, you know, Wentz, I still like, I'm not picking up Wentz, but I understand why people would. Like, I'm not encouraging people not to pick him up. I just don't believe in him. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't either. I mean, I, I think that, and not because of the, the, the bias like you, and like you, but just just from a pure like football standpoint, I mean, I hadn't, I hadn't seen hardly anything that, that, I, that I like in his game, really. But, but kind of switching on, we talk about some weapons. Uh, we talk about some some free agents that are signed, some some new uh, toys in the toy box for for different quarterbacks around the league. When you talk about Will Fuller going to the Dolphins, and then you got Corey Davis to the Jets, Sammy Watkins made a move with the Ravens, Kenyon Drake to the Raiders, and then Kenny Galladay signs with the Giants now to give Daniel Jones a, a weapon. And then you talked about Ryan Fitzpatrick; he gets a a new weapon in Curtis Samuel. But how 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 do you go about gauging those? moves as far as fantasy goes yeah uh fuller okay so fuller i love the reward that could come out of that but for me the risk of tua being able to get the ball downfield like that is very high um so i don't love i don't love fuller i think it was an interesting move i think the idea is great but he like Fuller is very much a down the field dude. Like that is wh- how you utilize Fuller. And I, I mean, I don't know that to it can really highlight that. I would love for him to do that. I just, I don't know if I see that, especially, you know, they are talking about you know, if, if Javar Chase is there, if, if, you know, Devonte Smith, if one of these three prolific guys that everyone is talking about, I mean, they could very easily also add another weapon there. Um, so that's something to look out for a little bit more than past years, I noticed. And Galladay is another example. Um, it's a great, like, Galladay's value is high right now. Um, he also, Galladay is a little bit different of a scenario because 
please remember that the New York Giants have to share targets with a lot of people. Um, so in order for a Giants player to be uh, productive in fantasy, it, the offense needs to improve. Like they need to be on the field more um, because you're talking about, they picked up Ross. Um, you, you've got Galladay, you've got Shepard, you've got Slayton, you have Saquon coming back. You have Rudolph and you have Ingram. And they're talking about adding someone. If they add someone, Galladay isn't, his value does go down a little bit, but I love it. I mean, Galladay again, like he can be what Daniel Jones needs and Daniel Jones needs a guy that can make the plays when he just, he, again, slings it down the field, which he's great at. He's like third best in, in, in deep balls in the league. I mean, the, the dude can throw the damn ball. So I think it's nice that they got him the weapon. I think it makes it, one of the problems is Jason Garrett, but that's a whole nother, a whole nother podcast. Um, so, you know, I, I like Galladay. I picked up, you know, people are low on him still because of in, injury, this injury, that. So you can get him. Like I'm taking him so late right now in some of these startups that I'm in. Yeah, I know. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about the, the Giants draft stat strategy, adding a new weapon whenever we, <laughs> whenever we talk about the NFL draft here in just a little bit, but, but yeah, I mean, I'm with you on Tua because I mean, in the games we saw of him last year, I mean, he really wasn't asked to do much in that offense. He was just mostly check downs, just throwing it five, 10 yards down the field, really, didn't get to see much. So I would definitely love to, to see him open it up a little bit. Mm-hmm, definitely. Especially for Fuller. Cause I love watching Fuller play. Like he's a phenomenal football player. Um, so I hope that Tua can elevate his game. He's another one. I'm not, I'm like not going to sit here and lie. I'm not very high on Tua. Um, for those of you that do follow me on Twitter, you already know that. Um, I just don't, you know, he's like, to me, the poor man's Russell Wilson. Like I get it. Like you're smaller and, but like Russell Wilson can get out of the pocket you got to get out of the pocket, dude. Like you got to move around, do your progressions, like figure it out. <laughs> I mean, cause you have, you, I mean, on paper, I mean, Miami did well this year. I just think that to uh, hopefully in another season matures and then he can, you know, uh, elevate the, elevate these players that we love. We mentioned kind of, kind of having to share the load with different players. What what is your advice on, on maybe going after guys that, that are, that have to share a lot of touches, a lot of receptions with an, with a couple other guys. I mean, just just the free agents. I mean, talk about Kenyon Drake and adding him with Josh Jacobs yeah. now. And then especially in PPR leagues when we're talking about running backs for, with receptions and then a lot of wide receivers having to share the load as well. What What's the best advice that you could give to, to fantasy owners out there about that? Okay. So this is my favorite question anyone has ever asked me. I've been on probably almost a thousand shows at this point, And this is by far my favorite question, because this is something I'm very passionate about. and I don't talk about enough. Um, so it's okay to have skilled players from the same team. Like that's okay. And you can do it. Like, don't be nervous to pick up, you know, you can pick up two wide receivers on the same team. If here's the, if, if it's a productive offense, right? So like, it's okay. If it's an offense that's on the field, they're productive and they're getting touches like at a volume that gets you the points you need. Um, So like someone like, you know, Slayton on the Giants sounds like a great idea. It's not a great idea Um, because now he has so many people he has to split it with. And you're looking at an offense that did absolutely nothing last year. Right. So it just depends on the team. Like, uh, what's an example like a team like I don't know Green Bay is one that comes to mind I think that you know there's teams that are very productive when they're on the field 
And if they can do that, then you can't, uh, the Buccaneers are a great example, actually. Like there's several players from as long as a lot of it too, is knowing when to play them. Like is is what week is, you know, is his guy going to be X, Y, and Z. So, um, but I think don't ever be scared to pick up two players from the same team. Like I do it all the time. Um, Washington is a good example. Like I, I, I think I have every skilled player on Washington on every roster, right? Like I honestly think I might, um, but that's okay because they're product. They, they were productive with, you know, Alex Smith and, and now you bring Fitz in and I, I'm just not worried about it. Um, so it's totally cool to have, uh, players, uh, on the same, but of team, you know, Drake and the Jacobs thing is a little different scenario there. That's not, you know, that doesn't look pretty to me. Um, I, I don't get excited about that. And it, it kind of stinks because I think Josh Jacobs gets dragged a little bit uh, by Twitter and which is fine, kind of. But he's also a, still a really young dude. Um, he's in a system that blows. I mean, like, give the kid a little bit of a break. But yeah, it definitely that was an interesting move uh, to see over there. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I'm a I'm a big Josh Jacobs fan. I mean, just just watching what he did at Alabama, he was underused there in, in my in my thoughts. And then he's certainly being underused in in John Gruden's offense there. But kind of moving towards the NFL draft, it's almost here. So I'll lay out a scenario for you on these quarterbacks because everybody wants to talk about the quarterbacks. Everybody's interested. In their fantasy, in their fantasy impact, where they might go. So I, I threw out a little hypothetical scenario. I don't really care too much for these, but just just in a hypothetical scenario, we know Trevor Lawrence is going to the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. Zach Wilson probably going to the Jets, and then let's throw in Mac Jones to the 49ers, Justin Fields. Let's say the Broncos trade up and, and draft him, and then I've got Trey Lance. Um, kind of falling a little bit. I think the Patriots may kind of get up and possibly get him or either Jones if he's there. So in this scenario, which one of those, based on the weapons that are currently there, which one which one of those quarterbacks do you see actually starting? And number two, who will have the greatest fantasy impact? Wow. So uh, Wilson has to start uh, in that scenario. He doesn't have the beauty of – which I – I personally think that he would benefit the most from maybe sitting for a couple of weeks and getting coached. And, um, you know, I think he needs that a little bit more than someone like Fields, for example, who I think is very NFL ready. Um, Fields to the Broncos means he'll sit, but I think that's a good thing. Um, I think that if Fields were to start, though, especially in a Broncos system that has weapons, um, he would be very productive. I think that, you know, Trevor is obviously going to start. That's been kind of known. And there's really no reason for him not to be productive either. So I think Wilson is a little is risky for me in the sense that I don't love his. I don't find him as NFL ready um, as everyone else. I think some people would like transition a little bit easier. Uh, and then I think people are a little too high on like, I like fields is my clear, like QB two. I I don't like, I think he is much more talented than Wilson, like just raw talent. Another one who is great raw talent is Lance. I mean, Lance needs to sit. He's the least NFL ready, I think, but like the talent is there to end up being like a very, very good quarterback in this league. Um, I would love him to the Patriots. I think that's a cool move. And then, you know, Mac Jones. 
I don't know where I, where I stand with him. I think that he would obviously sit as well. Um, but I think that's a good thing. Uh, Shanahan knows what he's doing. He's one of my favorite offensive minds in this league. I watch 49ers games just to watch 49ers games. I'm not even a fan, but I'm a fan of Shanahan. Um, and I think, you know, you look at their roster, amazing weapons over there. They've got the guys. So I think that Mac Jones might surprise people, um, but he also might struggle a little bit. And we see that a lot uh, with with uh, quarterbacks coming out of his alma mater, you know? So it's not, it's, we, we it's a kind of a tale as old as time. I'm in agreement with you on the 49ers. I mean, I just, I just love watching them play. Like they're, they're just, they're just one of those teams where I can turn on and not have any affiliation with them whatsoever. And, and maybe a little bit because a couple South Carolina guys on the team now with Debo Samuel and, and Javon Kinlaw, but <laughs> But to me, Kyle Shanahan and him and Sean McVay are kind of the two top offensive minds in the game to me. Yeah, I love and Shanahan really like and anyone that's like if you haven't picked up on it yet, go back and watch the 49ers games. The fact that they were able to produce the way that they did with the roster that they had is very much because Shanahan is an absolute genius when it comes to, you know, uh, like the offense and what it is. He is, you know, and that's why I, you know, you see a lot of people talking about, oh, why are people saying that no matter what quarterback ends in Shanahan? No, literally whatever quarterback ends in Shanahan's system is going to be successful. I Like I, maybe it's not the success you would have wanted, but he will be successful. I mean, because like systems like that and coaches like that are able to make even if he's just good, he's going to look great because he has the he has what he needs to do well. One of the the topics of lately in the past couple of weeks has been this possibility of a of a team maybe trading back up into the first round for one of those quarterbacks outside of the top five. Which one of those quarterbacks do you like? I mean, is a guy like for me is probably Kyle Trask over a guy like Davis Mills. And he's, he's been a guy that, that's been mentioned a lot, but what, what do you make about a team possibly trading back up in the first round to take another quarterback? Yeah, I don't know. And you know, the team that comes to mind that would need to do something like that. Like when we talk about court, when we talk about quarterbacks, like there's like definitely some teams to watch for that they could do that. Like some teams that a move would make things like very weird. So if the Falcons do end up, trading back, which I think that they will. Um, And then the other two teams I think of automatically are the Patriots and Washington. Washington would be foolish not to take a quarterback this, this year. Um, And I'll tell you why is because they're in such a good position to scare the crap out of the league, like to the point where like, I think with the right guy, and I'm not saying that Fitz isn't that guy, but they're like a year away from making like a Super Bowl run. Like they're very, like they have what they, like what you need to make a Super Bowl run. So I think that it would be very foolish to have taken Fitz, who's not a permanent solution. The dude's 38. He hasn't started 16 games since 2015. He's there to win. So now you're going to win, probably win the NFC East. Then you're going to knock your draft position again. And then what are you going to do next year? Um, So I I think watch out for Washington moving like they've got to take a quarterback. So do they take someone that falls to them or do they move up? It's very interesting. Yeah, but I I, I agree with you. Washington is one of those teams that I think could trade back up. Pittsburgh also comes to mind. That's true. Since since Ben Roethlisberger's. Who knows? I mean, we may see him for another few years. Personally, I, I want to say this is probably his last year. But Please, for the love of God, like I'm just, you know, like I, 
And you know what? Respect to his career, but I'm sick of seeing these guys go out the way that they they are, you know? And when it's time to take the knee, just take a knee and head out. You know, you you saw like Eli Manning, you saw, oh my God, why is my I like did not have my coffee today? I can't even think of who. Oh, Philip Rivers. I can't think of him. He's like one of my favorites too. But like you see them leave with dignity. Just do it. Like you had a fantastic career. Just it's time to go. <laughs> yeah, I'm in total <laughs> agreement with you. It's- so we're we're talking about we spent some time talking about the Giants, talking about possibly them adding another another tool for for Daniel Jones in the in the toolbox. But what what do you view for them as some team needs to address later on in the draft? I know we're probably going to take a wide receiver there at number eleven, maybe Devontae Smith or or Jalen Waddle, some of those guys. But but what are what are some of those other Guerin team needs that you see? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. I think, you know, you go ahead. If if one of those guys is there, you go ahead and you take him. Um, uh, I think that my preference would be that they take Smith. Um, so we'll see what happens. But if, say, they're gone, um, you either, I mean, if Gettleman believed in trading down, which he doesn't, you trade down and then take like a tackle. But um, I think if Slater or is still there, I think it's a beautiful option. Um, he's very versatile. fantastic I've said it before he's my my uh OT1 I actually would prefer him over Penny um which I know is a very hot take controvert whatever um but I think that they you know the O-line is is what's going to hinder this team so everything they did fantastic beautifully free agency like I don't remember a time I must have been like in middle school when I remember free agency going like this I don't remember it ever going this well Um, which is not unrelated to Joe Judge being the coach but I think that you know they made all the moves I mean they've secured the secondary which some people still think they're going to take a cornerback and I understand that but at first it's a little too rich for me so do they take another cornerback Maybe. Uh, I think they really need to focus in on, on the O-line. And they, they could really, I mean, they need an edge. Um, so if they can find, you know, the edge depth isn't that great in, the, in this rookie class, you know. So it kind of depends how much they value needing that. I always say, you know, Giants fans will kill me for saying this, but I think that moving from a defense that was 30-31 and then to ninth, I think we can put a Band-Aid on the edge thing. Like, I think it's okay. Like, I think, like, get an edge if you want, but he's, like, don't take an edge and force it. Um, If it's not someone that's going to produce, then I I think you can Band-Aid that one. Um, We need another linebacker, uh, absolutely. Uh, A guy that I love is uh, Monty Rice. Really, really, really good. Um, Huge fan of his. Uh, So I think that... You know, and don't be surprised if they take a running back too. I bet that wouldn't upset me. If, you know, you get down to the third, fourth round, Chuba Hubbard is still there. Take Chuba Hubbard, you know? Um, so the the nice thing is, and I want to knock on wood, is this is the first time that I can remember that I don't think they can mess up the first round. Like, I don't know how, I mean, even if they take Micah Parsons, which I doubt is going to happen because we haven't, you know, we haven't, the last time that something like that happened was 1984 with Carl Banks. So it's, it's very, very unlikely that that occurs. Um, But I, you know, I wouldn't be upset. All you're doing is just adding more. You're just stacking the D, like the D and that's awesome because they're in a good position. You know, if you do get a guy like that, if you do take an edge, 
I mean, you're looking at a team that's going to be have a top five defense and you can't even, it's not even really something to argue. Um, whereas the offense is, I'm hoping that they really just focus on the offense as much as they can. I think that they obviously, you know, Patrick Graham is fantastic. So uh, what he was able to do last year, and then you give him someone like Jackson and people forget about, don't sleep on Xavier McKinney, right? I mean, it's, it's easy to forget him. He was the second pick. So um, it's easy to forget that he was a giant because you only really saw him in, he played two games barely played one and then the the last game I mean he got an interception uh like he is a very good player and I think people forget about him a little bit so I think the defense is I'm okay with us like you know add a linebacker um but I think that it's time to really hone in on this offense like maybe you take another wide receiver maybe you take someone like if you know Jalen Darden's in the fifth round you take Jalen Darden in the fifth rounds like none of those moves would make me upset so I think they're in a good place um taking a running back at 11 would piss me off. Um, but besides for that, I mean, what else, you know, there's nothing really else they can do. They did a good job in free agency. I applaud them for that. So um, I, I can't imagine if they mess this up though, I'm gonna lose. I was so upset last year. The first pick maybe I was so upset last year. So I'm hoping this year I'm, I get to be excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm hoping so too. But but for me, it's just hard to justify taking a running back, even in the first round. I mean, the average lifespan of a running back in the NFL is so far less than, than any other position. I just, I just don't see how you can justify. I mean, maybe at the end of the first round, but mm-hmm. not not anything before that. But, but I'm with you on Chuber Hubbard. I mean – when I when I watch him, I mean, outside of of maybe Harris Etienne and, and Javante Williams, and I'd probably put him as the number four running back in this class. Yeah, and, and people would argue with us though. People really, he does not. He gets a bad rap, but I think that he is better than he's just again like. And this is something that that I've been saying is not every guy is NFL ready. But that doesn't mean that they don't have like immense potential, especially, you know, there's a lot of tight end uh, talent in this in this class. Uh, and people would argue with me that there's not. But it's the raw talent is there. Like everything's there. But if you look at their cons, like what are the cons that the person has? Are they things that they can learn from like a coach or just from sitting and watching someone like Saquon Barkley play? So there's yeah, is Chuba Hubbard, should he be starting? No, but like if you can get him in the third round and and work with him, he could absolutely be a starter. Yeah, I mean, I, I think so too. And and to me, you know, I'm not a I'm not a, a GM, but if I were, one of the things I would look at is, I mean, I, I'm not interested in in the upside. I mean, all these guys have upside. I'm just interested in in kind of correcting the weaknesses. But yeah. but Chuba Hubbard, I mean, he's he's maybe the best pure runner in this class. I know mm-hmm. one of the knocks on him is maybe his pass catching ability out of the backfield or his pass per- run or his pass protection. But yeah. those, those are things that you can work on and just sitting a year would even help with that. Right. And there's, you know, and this is why I, I was saying this the other day is um, this is the NFL. So like, it's a faster game. It's, I mean, this isn't college anymore. So not everyone is going to jump right in and be Trevor Lawrence, be able to start tomorrow. I mean, it's not the same thing. They're seeing guys that are even bigger too. Like there's so many aspects to it. It's not the same game. Like I'll admit, I, 
I can barely watch college football. I watch as much as I can, but I mean, I can, I can watch the film on it because it's easy for me to digest. It's too slow for me. So if the game is too slow for me, imagine that a professional athlete, I mean, come on. So I think that there has to be, you know, some of these guys, there's so much, there's a lot of really raw talent in this, in this class, but it's just going to depend on where they end up. And that's the big thing. You know, someone else that I like, uh, what's his name? Trey Sermon is another one that comes to mind. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, cause there is a lot of teams that really do have a running back need as well this year. One of the things that, that I've been kind of passionate about, and I'm probably going to get on my soapbox here, but this idea that Devontae Smith's weight is going to hold him back in the mm-hmm. NFL. I mean, if the guy can run right, he, he's the best route runner in this class. He catches the ball better than anybody. Like, I don't, I don't want to hear that he weighs only 166 pounds as being a reason that he's not going to be a successful NFL football player. Right. And what people don't realize is, okay, yes, it, fine. Uh, he, that's his weight. Okay. He's not Calvin Ridley. This is not freaking like uh, Corey Davis. This is Devontae Smith. He's not the same breed. This is a different animal. Like I was saying, he's not, I mean, like, yeah, his weight is one thing. You have to catch him. Good luck. He is so good at running routes. Like he is so NFL ready. It's ridiculous. I was watching it last night. I couldn't sleep. I ended up back on his film and I, you know, and I preach this because I am a big, I'm a big Devontae Smith truther. And, uh, but the thing is like his body control, even like, for someone that size, which is fine, you want to argue size and I get it, but like he can control his body where another player would fall or get the tackle. He gets out of the way. The things that he does is unbelievable. And his, you know what it is, is that football IQ um, and the way that he can get separation. I've, he's so intuitive. Like he can see the play coming before it happens. It's really, really cool. Like if you, if, if people have not watched him, like you have to go back and watch him, see how he can, he actually can read a scenario while running his 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 route and 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 then get out of the way. So that's fine, but don't tell me that a nutritionist from the NFL that they pay a crap load of money can't put ten pounds on that boy. I promise she can. Like it's for real, it's so crazy. Who cares? Yeah, I mean it, it's it's all about development. I mean, I know people people get caught up with the fact that that people that these rookies need to be NFL ready right away. And I know in this, you know, what have you done for me lately society that we live in? I mean, people think about that, but, but to me, it's all about development, development in these guys. Imagine him developing too. Like he's already ready. It's so crazy. Like I seriously, his football IQ is enough for me. You could leave it at that. Um, I mean, like he is definitely, I mean, I mean, I won't even, I'm not going to get too hot of a take, but he definitely is like, he's ready to go tomorrow. Um, And I think that, you know, people are acting like we're week one is next week. He has time. You can go to the gym. They're going to have training. Like it's okay. And you know what? Four pounds really made you guys that nervous. Just calm down. It's like, it's quarantine. Not every, not everyone is fortunate enough to like go to a gym and you don't know people's like entire story. So just give him a second. He, I, he, I believe he will gain the weight. Um, he doesn't have to even gain that much. Um, I think that even if he was 175, I think people would stop, like start hopping off of him. And, um, I tried to find my tweet from the other day, but you know, he, so Calvin Ridley coming in, their BMIs were, are only different by like 1.2 or something. 
And this is not Calvin Ridley. Devontae Smith is going to be better than Calvin Ridley. And Calvin Ridley, that's no knock to him. He's fantastic. But he was able to put on weight. Like, people forget he he was not that heavy when he entered the combine. Like, it's okay, everyone. It's going to be fine. I just want everyone to take a deep breath. Yeah, I mean, there, there's no doubt about that. And, and you know, just kind of wrapping it up, the last couple of things I have for you. And, again, we're here with Steffi Small. It's been a really passionate conversation. I mean, I could I could honestly talk about it. We could talk about this stuff all day, but yeah. I know we, we got other things to do. But <laughs> but just looking at kind of, the, kind of the PPR kind of rankings for this new rookie class coming in, you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of – most leagues now are PPR. I mean, I, I love PPR leagues. I mean, that's, yeah. that's because I, don't, to, I don't love half PPR. I just like try to avoid it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, just talk about, I know when we're kind of looking at these rankings, Najee Harris is a guy that comes to mind as being one of those probably first or, or maybe second pick among rookies. But, but when you look at a guy, when you look at some of these other skill position guys that are draft going to get drafted in the first round, Jamar Chase, Kyle Pitts, Smith, Waddle, we talk about some, a couple of the other receivers, maybe Bateman Moore, and yep. then, and then Elijah Moore from Ole Miss. Just what, what did they kind of bring? What do some of those guys bring to the table? And, and I know we're, we're talking about, because to me, just looking at back at the last three or four years, the rookies really come into play around week four, week five, when yeah. they're start when they're starting to round into form into the offense. Who who could be kind of some of those upstart kind of players? Yeah, I mean, I think that you know you hear a lot about him, and this is not like there's no smokescreen here. Kyle Pitts is going to be phenomenal in this league, like period. There's really no discussion to be had there. I mean, the nice thing of him is you're getting a lot of upside there. You're getting like you're getting a two for one in the fact that he is, you know, people knocking for his blocking. I don't care. I'm getting a wide receiver also, so that's fine. Make someone else block, okay? Let Kyle Pitts do his thing teach him to block. He'll be just fine. Um, but Kyle Pitts will be fantastic. Like I'm picking him up. I don't, I don't care almost what system he ends up in. I think that he will be a, he's going to be a powerhouse no matter where he goes, especially in, um, a time where tight ends is kind of this like dying breed. Um, you know, we don't really have that many that I get excited about. I I mean, I'm taking a tight end for first overall in like almost every league because I'm not going to wait around, let, Kittle, Kelsey, and Waller go. Um, I'd rather take two of them and then steal someone for a King's ransom later to get my quarterback, you know? So I think that Kyle Pitts is obviously one. I think Jamar Chase, I don't see why he wouldn't end up doing fantastic. I think maybe for him, it might depend more on the system, but you know, cause if he goes to the dolphins and then Tua doesn't pull it together, then what? Um, so there is going to be some of the guys, a lot of the wide receivers, I think it depends more on their placement, whereas the running backs and Kyle Pitts, I, I care a little bit less about their placement. Yeah, I mean, one, one of the things that I've kind of been mulling over over the past couple of days is I've been getting ready to talk to you about this, but what what round does Kyle Pitts get drafted in in fantasy drafts? I mean, for me, he's a guy that's going to get a lot of receptions. He's also going to score me a lot of touchdowns because of the red zone threat that he is. Exactly. And, and to me, I mean, I, I could, you know, consider drafting him right after like a, a George Kittle or somebody like that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that he like 
right now there's really no reason like I haven't ranked as my tight end four. There's really no reason. There's there's also that's another thing there's really no argument for. Like, don't tell me that you're gonna put Hawkinson over Pitts. It's just not gonna happen. Um, I think Pitts is just he's so he's such a dynamic player. And I think that really he is the guy that is going to make an impact immediately. Um, so I'm taking him, you know, I said, I think I, I've taken him as early in my dynasty startups. I think I took him in the second round in, in a few of them. I, I think that third round is probably realistic. I'm a little bit of a tight end head. So just ignore me a little bit, um, but he's someone that's worth it. I, I think that, you know, he's a great, he, he could even be a flex option. You know, you could grab a tight end, get, get a flex, use him as your flex option. So I, I love, I love Kyle Pitts. Uh, he is like my one, like if I had to say I'm a hundred percent certain this player is going to be fantastic. It's him. The last, last question I have for you is we're kind of winding down, but who are, who are some of the, the guys on offense skill position players that, that nobody's kind of talking about kind of leading into the draft that you have, see the potential to, to be great fantasy football guys this year. Yeah. So you're saying with the rookies, right? Yeah. Um, I think one that comes right to mind is uh, Devontae, not Devontae Smith. Look at this. I, I'm telling you guys, I have to drink my coffee is, um, is Williams, the running back. I love him. I think that if in the right system, like if he goes to, except for the 49ers, I thought he was going to go to the 49ers, but they just picked up Gallman, who's a sneaky pick. If you guys can get Gallman, People are going to sleep on him. And I'm telling you, he's going to be fantastic. That broke my heart. Um, why they didn't re-sign him is amazing to me, um, but he will be good wherever he goes. He's going to be a player to have on your team. Um, but yeah, I think Williams is one. Um, a lot of people know my, you know, so immediately, maybe not. But if Jalen Darden does get the opportunity, he's another one. You know, he's smaller but like, you got to catch him. Um, he's like the shiftiest player I've ever seen. Um, so he's someone that I think of right away. Who else? Um, I'm trying to look at my own like uh, rankings here to see if I can give you guys one more good one. Oh, Rashad Bateman. That's an awesome one. I think he, again, oh, another one is Elijah Moore. I love like Elijah Moore to like uh, the Packers. Awesome. Um, so I think those are guys to start looking out for. But remember, this is a good time uh to gauge how people are ranking people because they get very low on players. And it's very easy for that to happen. It's happening with Devonte Smith um, right now. And so definitely uh, check out like, the, and Friar Muth too is another one. He's not like one of my favorites, but I think he does have potential in this week tight end economy that we have, you know? I love Elijah Moore to the Packers because to me, it accomplishes two things. Number one, it allows Devonte Adams to move completely outside Exactly. And then, and then number two, it accomplishes what Aaron Rodgers has been trying to preach for the past three years is I need help at wide receiver. Exactly. It's the perfect fit. Like I cannot imagine a better fit for Elijah Moore. I think it's a win-win scenario for both sides of the equation. And I think that's why you look at this. This is what I mean with, you know, placements is if Elijah Moore goes to the Green Bay Packers, he will be productive, like nearly, I mean, maybe not week one, week two, but by four, I mean, they're going to get this guy targets and he might outperform one of these, these guys that we've been talking about forever because they end up going to a system that doesn't fit them. Whereas like, that's a beautiful system. Oh yeah. It's perfect. Like that, honestly, I mean, that, that may be the most like perfect, you know, pick in the draft from in the first round for me. I hope so. I really would love that. 
I'm a big, like the, the Packers are another team I enjoy watching as well. You know, how can you not like watching Aaron Rodgers? I mean, he's a blast to watch, but I would love for him to get that. He needs that next weapon, you know, like get him the guy that, you know, spread the field, get him Elijah Moore. And I think that we'd see really good ball out of the Packers. I would love the, I would love Aaron Rodgers to win a Super Bowl before he retires. Like I, he, he deserves it. Like Ben, I don't care if he wins another Super Bowl. I need Aaron Rodgers. He deserves it so badly. You know, he dealt with, you know, Mike McCarthy for years and all this nonsense. Give the guy a damn Super Bowl. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt about it. I I found myself becoming a little bit of a Packers fan because uh, one of a couple buddies of mine, we had a roommate in college that's from Wisconsin and he goes to a lot of the Packer games and huge Packers fans. I developed a new appreciation for the Packers. I somehow always find myself dating Packers fans. So like I have like watched the Packers for years because even like my high school boyfriend, uh, you know, was a Packers fan and then the college and then, you know, so I always ended up fine. And and then I like started loving them, you know, then I fell in love with Aaron Rodgers. It was game over. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. It's been been an awesome conversation having you today. Just can't thank you enough. I definitely have to get you back on again soon, but tell everybody where they can find you on social media and and what you got coming up because you do a heck of a job. Yeah, thank you. I'm so excited that we were able to do this. Thank God it worked out. My internet yesterday would put a damper on things, but you guys can find me at Twitter, um, at Steffi Smalls with three L's. I'm probably already polluting your timeline. I tweet a little bit too much, um, but if not, check it out. Uh, doing a bunch of stuff right now. I do uh, our Friday show with my friend Dave Kluge. Uh, We always have like super cool guests coming on. That was a show that we kind of inherited from the last place that we worked together. And it's been a blast. Um, not as much football talk, but really, really fun. Like we had Matthew Barry on and those type of people. Um, and then of course my new show, Small Talk with Steffi Smalls, which I feel like is, I need to talk to them about that. Cause I feel like saying small talk with Steffi Smalls comes off a little weird, you know, cause I am Steffi Smalls. Um, but yeah, so that came out. Episode two just came out. Um, I I'm with FTN network now and everything though, you can find it on my Twitter. I usually keep everyone up to date. I'm always on shows. I'm going to start slowing down a little bit. Cause like today I have five. That's the most I've done. Now I'm getting ridiculous. Um, but I'm glad I got to kick it off with you. This has been a blast. We'll have to chop it up like after the draft, maybe like before the season starts and we can see how we did with our, our thoughts on everything. <laughs> Definitely. Cause I, I'm really curious to, to find out what's going on with the draft here the next couple of days. And so just, I'm so excited. Oh, me too. It, it seems we spend so much time talking about it now. It, it's finally here. So we're really excited about that. Yeah, this might be the most chaotic draft we've ever seen. And I love it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I tell pretty much everybody I have on here. I ask like, is this the most anticipated draft that we've seen in like the last 10 years? Because I really do think that it is. It absolutely is. It has to be. I mean, I can't think of another one that was this, like, because there's so much that can happen and it's so awesome. It's going to be fantastic. The chaos is going to be amazing. Teams are going to botch it completely and we're going to laugh and it's going to be great. There's no doubt. It's, it's an emotional night on so many levels. Oh, yeah. And we have good football coming. Like, I keep saying it. 2021 is going to be a great year of football. Like, expect good football. There's no doubt about that, man. We're hoping for hoping for full capacity at stadiums, too. So that's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, Steffi, thanks so much again. And we'll talk to you soon. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. All right. That's Steffi Smalls. Make sure to check her out. She's pretty much everywhere. 
you can find her and check her out on Twitter as well. She's always on there. But And thanks so much to everybody for watching and listening today. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. It's been another edition of Crunch Time Plays. Enjoy the draft, everybody, because it's going to be really awesome. And God bless everybody.